Welcome back to Let's Get Married, the Wedding and Event Podcast. Hey, Sam. Hey, Mia. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. So I have had horoscopes on the brain. I think it's because it was just my birthday. Um, yes, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you, thank you. But I like really highly identify with my horoscope and the CoStar app and rising signs and all that. Like, are you into that at all? No, um, but interestingly enough, Cassandra's been trying to get me more into it. She is very into it. Um, I, I always find it very interesting. I just don't keep up with it. Gotcha. What What are you? Are you a Virgo? I'm a Gemini. Oh, I'm thinking your wedding date, not your birthday. Oh. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay, so I found um, when, the other night when I was um, in a horoscope, like black hole on the CoStar app, um, I was Googling like best, um, like best people for uh, whatever horoscope, like um, sun sign to, to marry, like best time of year and all this. And I thought it was so interesting. So yours actually says in terms of location for wedding, that you'd be drawn to a destination setting where you can maximize, maximize socializing and getting and chatting with guests over a few different events around their wedding week or weekend. And even though you didn't do a destination wedding, you do always say that like your guests having fun was like so important to you and it was all about the guests yeah absolutely I definitely and and also socializing with our guests we made a point to like get all the pictures out of the way and do as much as we can to be able to like be in the moment with them so that's really that's cool what does yours say (laughs) so mine says oh this is interesting so it's not exactly spot on but it's a little close to to let some secrets out on the podcast it says this sign is best suited for the start of summer for a wedding so June perhaps a summer solstice wedding and longest day of the year would suit this dynamic sign so hmm not too far off go. interesting nope, just dropping some hints along the way <laughs> let's see and then um uh what's Joel's sign Joel is also a Gemini just like Tony yeah oh so he's, uh, we're not as cool as you guys we don't have the same day but uh we're a week apart right right okay so let's see Gemini oh well you and I are very compatible that's there what go. the internet is saying. So there you go. Um, and then I'm not sure what it's saying. Let's see. Who is Gemini's soulmate? Leo. Interesting. So like August birthdays. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, I I had found another website and it had um, like actually the days of 2021, 2022, 2023 that you should get married for each sign. It was that's so cool. I know. It kind of reminded me of like the farmer's almanac. I don't know if you've ever looked mm-hmm. through that to like predict yeah. the weather and everything. It kind of did like, it did that. I mean, I've even looked up like, what's the moon phase going to be? Is my wedding date, um, uh, is, uh, what's it called? Is, um, is Mercury in retrograde on my wedding date and, and yeah. things like that? Because you're not supposed to sign contracts when or, or like start anew or anything when Mercury is in retrograde, but it is not. So interesting okay well i'm glad it's not and that we can go forward (laughs) we can go forth yes for sure everything else has tried to get in the way but not the planets or the exactly exactly so episode 23 23 okay so this is our groomsman episode so the goal of the episode 
The groomsmen are known for being go with the flow. There's so much out there and so many expectations for bridesmaids, but we wanted to tap two people with lots of groomsmen experience to walk us through what they'd advise when you're in this important role and things you may not think about if you have a wedding party who isn't as experienced. I know what it's like to be a wedding coordinator and a bridesmaid, and Sam knows what it's like to be a bride and a wedding coordinator, but sometimes I don't feel fully versed on the groom side of things. And even if we don't have many grooms to be as loyal podcast listeners, for all the brides out there with grooms, we want to see how we can help them help the other half of the bridal party. So today we have two very special guests. First, we have Tom, who is the boyfriend of our number one podcast fan. He is my resident wedding teeth whitening consultant, having worked at Phillips Norelco, now at Indeed. And Justin, more affectionately known as Figs, who is in risk management for a construction firm, but whose full-time job sometimes seems to be being in people's weddings and partying. You two truly are the people I know with the most groomsmen experience. Thanks for being here today. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, having us on the podcast. Yeah, so happy to chat and so nice to see your faces. Tom, I know I saw you at our socially distant. You popped over for our birthday with way too many cannolis. Yeah, I was uh, glad to just kind of make a quick pit stop on back uh, to my parents' house. I was like, oh, why not see Tony and Mia real fast with some cannolis and Bud Light? Uh, I like. I had to just like eat the cannoli day after day to get them out of the apartment because I. They were all I was thinking about. <laughs> Glad you like them. <laughs> and you guys know Sam. You guys have met at our pre-COVID gatherings at our apartment. Hi guys! So excited to have you here. Great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, Sam. absolutely. Okay, so first we will start with, of course, our drinks. So Sam, what are we drinking today? Okay, so today I wanted to have a little bit more of a substantial drink um, since we're talking about all things grooms and groomsmen. So we're drinking a paper plane. That is going to be, um, it's basically served up. It's a version of probably a Manhattan, I would say, um, with three-fourths ounce fresh lime juice, three-fourths ounce your favorite bourbon, three-fourths ounce Amaro, which is kind of like this herbaceous liqueur, and three-fourths ounce Aperol, or you can use Campari if you don't have Aperol. So cheers. 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 So I feel like we have a lot of bourbon lovers on the podcast today. Is that right? I fancy, <laughs> I fancy a good bourbon every now and then. <laughs> What's your guys' go-to bourbon? Um, I like Angel's Envy. It's probably okay. my go-to. And if I'm feeling extra cheap, I will buy Bullet Bourbon. I feel like Bullet Bullet's a good, solid one to make like a good cocktail with. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it's great by itself. It's great you know, in a old fashioned or Manhattan. It's, totally. it's, it's really good for anything. Yeah, uh, Tom, what's yours? Uh, usually, for probably my go-to would be High West. Sounds great. All right. Well, there we go. All right. So let's get into it. Okay. So guys, how many weddings have you each been in? I want to say. <laughs> he lost count. If I'm, counting, if I'm counting the one that's coming up, Corey's, a seven. seven wow. Weddings that I've been in, yeah. Okay. Uh, Out of like nine. <laughs> I don't know if I can top figs. Um, I've been in counting upcoming weddings. 
so far, I was in my brother-in-law's wedding, uh, my sister's best friend's wedding, uh, Dan and Andy's, and then uh, Corey's upcoming, as well as uh, Tony and Mia's wedding. So it's true. I should note that an upcoming Mary wedding, you guys are both in, which is so much fun. And I know we're doing some things non-traditional, but um, I'm excited to like see you guys in action with, with the Grimson side of things. And also, oh yeah, so... Figs didn't go list by list, but Figs was in the wedding that I always talk about on the podcast, the Montauk wedding. Sam, he was in oh, Kirsten's yeah. wedding. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So we'll get into we'll get into some details from that day later mm-hmm. on when some of my questions. All right. So, what is being a groomsman to you? Being a groomsman is. And I feel like actually, I feel like a lot of people don't think about this. Um, is trying to differentiate that like, yes, you're one of your very good friends is getting married, but you also have to, you know, be an upstanding citizen like at this wedding. So you kind of try to find that medium in between showing your friends a good time, but also realizing that like there is a whole other family that's involved in this wedding and that you can't just go off the rails 100% of the time. I mean, me as, a, as on pretty much all the weddings that I've been in, I always try to, um, I always try to make sure, whether it's my job or not, make sure everything's running smoothly, make sure you know, everyone knows where they're sitting, make sure everyone, you know, has a drink, <laughs> make sure, uh, you know, everyone's having a good time. But also, uh, are we talking just wedding day or are we talking like... Whole thing. Party? Whole yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, then, you know, and then, but then also being a, being a groomsman is, you know, is, is celebrating your friend and, and his, you know, he finally found somebody he's going to spend the rest of his life with and, and just celebrating that and, you know, just finding ways to do that. It's to show your friend and their partner support, uh, not only on the most important day of their life, but, you know, upcoming months leading up to it, making sure that depending on what side of the bridal party you're on, you know, with us, you know, showing the groom a great time, having fun at the bachelor party, making sure everything's running smoothly prior to the wedding. Um, and during the wedding, making sure that it's still running smoothly, as well as, you know, kind of just staying together and keeping yourself together while, you know, you're at a wedding and you're with other people's family, people you may not know. So you do want to make sure you stay presentable throughout that and really just have a good time with everybody there. Yeah. So there's two important things I feel like you guys have said. One, um, you both kind of mentioned some iteration of this, of like making sure people have a drink and like things are working smoothly. So there is some recognition that, yeah, you're not the hosts. It's not, you're not the center of the party, but you also, you are this like support buffer to help the day along, you know? And I think like that's so driven home about bridesmaids, but I think that's really important for groomsmen and experienced groomsmen know this to like, make sure that you are also moving the day along and make sure not only the groom has a drink, but also like that they're like, their parents are good too. And like checking in with the people you especially know. And the second important thing I think you both said was that, yeah, you also, it's important, even though groomsmen get the rap of like being able to be drunk at noon to keep yourself together because there is a whole other family that you do want to like make sure that you're not coming across as like the bumbling fools behind the groom, right? What do you think it's important to do as a groomsman, pre-wedding, wedding day, the whole thing? And more often than not, for whatever reason, regardless of whether I'm the best man, I've found that I've always been put in charge of like, de facto pseudo day of coordinator outside of the, the day of coordinator you're hired um yeah i'd love to but uh <laughs> but i mean your job as a groomsman 
is uh, so I'll talk like so your job as a groomsman one on the bachelor party is you pay for everything. <laughs> like that's just, I feel like that gets lost sometimes. Uh, your groom shouldn't pay a dime. Um, and I always like stand by that regardless of whether you're the best man or just like the 12th invited guy who just made the cut. Um, and I have some funny stories about that. But, uh, but on wedding day, I mean, your groomsman is, I feel like, yeah, groomsman definitely get a rap of the dudes who just are, you know, the minute that the champagne and orange juice comes out, you're drinking mimosas and, and waiting for the day to kind of, you know, waiting for the ceremony to start. But I feel like it's a good thing to, uh, you know, make sure everything's going smoothly. Like, I always like to see other groups been, you know, asking if anyone needs help, like, Hey, like do you help, you know, making sure like people know they're sitting or do you help putting, you know, putting centerpieces out? I mean, obviously people don't need that, but like it actually just gives groups been a better image. <laughs> it makes you guys seem like you're at least a little bit more responsible than everyone thinks you are. Um, so usually when I'm in a wedding party, I try to, uh, I try to, you know, get people to kind of get a little bit more involved in the wedding as opposed to just sitting back and drinking beers until they say I do. And then partying the rest of the day. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and that's that's kind of figs. You've touched on this twice already. And it's really, you know, it's taking those overwhelming thoughts for the bride and groom on the day of. It's one yeah. less thing they have to worry about. True. And it's, yeah, we're not the host, but we're wanting to make sure that the hosts are, you know, the the bride and groom are having a blast and not having to worry about the little things and that's where we can kind of casually come and take care of those things someone needs to run out someone needs to be picked up you know something needs to be brought to the bridal suite or move somewhere else or things prior to that and that's more on like the wedding day pre-wedding you you know you want to make sure you keep the process fun because you hear that it can be very hectic and stressful uh, especially now uh, during the pandemic it's definitely even more overwhelming for the bride and groom making decisions uh, just in general, but, you know, moving over to what big said as well with the bachelor party is just making sure the groom has the best time and doesn't have to worry about anything. It's well, not you know, just the groom, Tom, <laughs> all of us, but just making sure that they don't have to worry about it. All the grooms, you know, the closest friends and everybody's together and we're just having a good time together. I think that's, I think that's an awesome point. It's great to, you know, hear you guys too. I know like, taking from a bride's perspective and thinking, you know, more of like bridesmaids, it's always, you know, like you want them to think forward and think, you know, of, of the extra hands that can be needed and be conscious of the stress. So it's really great that everyone is kind of um, aware of that. And even like you said, Figs, like um, just being able to, you know, you might not need it, but just being able to offer helping set up or whatever it is just to, you know, lend that hand, I think is, is a great kind of point. Yeah. And I would say like, um, and this is not like a cliche thing that I'm making up for this podcast, I swear to God. But um, like a wedding is like if you're in the bridal party, there's definitely a certain amount of work that you're that's expected of you that I feel like is something that should always be. Uh, I'm not saying like the groom or the bride should go to go to their wedding party and say you should expect to work. But like if you're if, if your friend deems you, you know, that part of his life on like the happiest day of his life, you should expect to do whatever you can to make sure that they don't have to really do anything except for, you know, get married. Like the rest of the stuff behind the scenes should always be, obviously your, your, your vendors and caterers and, and all those people, but the bridal party 
especially the groomsmen, I think, should always try to help out where they can, especially on the wedding day. What is one thing you wish someone told you about being at a wedding party that you didn't know for your first one that you wish you did? I mean, I thought I was a great groomsman the first time, but <laughs> um, what's funny, actually, I have a, I have a good anecdote for this. Um, it wasn't my first wedding, but it's definitely something I wish that like I, I was prepared for was, I know groomsmen get like a, a, get a rap for being like drunken hellraisers, but like no one prepares you, like whether it's like your best friend or a family member or anything like that, like no one really prepares you for like how emotional it could be because you kind of like, especially as a groomsman, people really treat it um like or people assume you treat it as just like one big party but i, I won't lie and I'm, i know mia brought up the montauk wedding when i did the montauk wedding i was nonstop crying <laughs> the entire time it's and like true. nobody prepared me for that yeah like no one prepared for that. like you know i even though like you, you you at a base level you see it as a party i think no one ever says like listen like yeah this might be like it's your, it's your best friend, whoever it is, you know, it could be anybody, it could be your cousin, it could be your best friend, it could be your, your buddy from college, like, people forget that, like, how emotional weddings could be, and I did not do a good job hiding that at all. <laughs> I don't think you need to hide it, though, like, I think it's a good call out, like, you know, it's, it is emotional, I mean, I get maybe sometimes some people want to hide it, but, um, you know. I was reprimanded by some people about that, like, <laughs> like you have to stop crying, like, I can't stop crying. <laughs> The uh, first wedding I was in was my sister's and, you know, I didn't know how much, you know, work it really was on the bride and groom side, but I'm very close to my brother-in-law as well, but it was just a lot goes on and, you know, just kind of being prepared for that. And it being my first wedding I was in and seeing my sister get married and walk down the aisle and come in with my father was very emotional. I couldn't agree more with Faze. It's just caught me off guard that I didn't expect that to happen. I was like, not so expecting like, these answers. These are very endearing. But also but also to, 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 to build on like, if we're talking about like a first wedding, like first groomsman, the first time you're in a groomsman, I would definitely, uh, my first time I was a groomsman kind of gave me perspective from all the times. Like that's when I was, that's I guess when I learned like how much work actually goes into it. Um, and no one kind of ever told me, like, you know, I, I, I won't lie, like, my first time being in groomsmen, I was like, cool, like, we're just out here partying, like, doesn't matter, like, who cares about a wedding? <laughs> like, who cares about the, the bride? Like, it's like just me and my boy and my other friends. And, like, I feel like that was the first time that uh, I had experienced, like, at that wedding. Um, and he was, my, he was my best friend from college. And he was the one that said, okay, uh, if you need any help with anything, find figs. And like, I wasn't really prepared for that, but like, I kind of stepped up and was like, hey, whatever, whatever you guys need. And I learned like, hold on, this, is, this might be how it is every other wedding. So like, get used to that and like, get better at doing that. So I, I guess I wish that somebody had told me like exactly how much work goes into being a groomsman. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't understand, like from the outside, all you see is like popping flasks while they're doing their vows and like doing a, drinking a bunch of beers, but like, you know, a lot of work is, is, is going on behind the scenes before that point. I feel like there were times that I could have probably chimed in at other uh, parties or other times I was a groomsman to maybe help out to make sure that a bachelor party or something was a little easier or that we had a better experience or things got done quicker for the bridal or, you know, for the party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a reminder that the work is going to fall to someone, 
you know? So if even you like, you toss your hat into the ring to like help with like one little thing, that means less stress on parents. That means less stress if it's a straight couple on like the bride's half or whoever the other partner is, you know? So I think that is really wonderful to remember that like, yeah, it, you're, you're totally there to have fun and support your person, but um, it is a little bit of a job, you know? And like, it's an important job, but it still is like, a day to have your stuff together and like get stuff done and like be that resource throughout the whole process. Um, okay. So let's see, what do you wish was clearer walking into a wedding that you're in? Any of the weddings you've been in, any weddings in the future timeline, what's expected of you, what you have to wear. So that groomsmen do well when things are just put on an agenda for you. <laughs> you're asked to be a groomsman and then it kind of goes a little quiet for a while, and then the planning really kind of starts up, uh, depending on when you're asked. But most of it's pretty straightforward from there on out because they've already been, they already have the information. Now they're just like, hey, this is what's going on. You know, bachelor parties now. You need to get fitted for your suits. Then it's you know rehearsals. Then be there. It's really kind of straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like I don't think it's lost on any groomsmen that being a bridesmaid's way harder. Like. I've lost track how many times I've like laughed or like looked over and like, you know, you, you talk to a bridesmaid and they're like, Hey, well, we have a hair at six thirty and then we have like with our dresses on, then we have photo and like the groomsmen are just like sitting in a hotel room just like, uh, we're just hanging out until I guess until pictures and then because all of our suits came from the same men's warehouse. <laughs> and, then, and then like, you know, we just put them on put them on in the same room. We all like crack jokes to each other, then we just go outside and then uh kind of ride that ride that way for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. So would you say it is definitely still helpful though to know, to kind of see the lay of the land of like, this is when you should arrive. This is when photos are going to start. Then the groom's going to go off for the first look. Then we have to be ready for walking down the aisle. Like, is that helpful to know or, or is it unnecessary? It's definitely helpful because it then we can make sure that the groom needs to be where he needs to be, where we need you know, where we need to show up to, what time. I definitely think having that structure makes it a lot easier for us. And having that just makes everything go smoother because then you're not worried about, okay, where are the groomsmen? Why aren't they here? You know, where's the groom? He needs to go here for pictures. I think having that all laid out is just making everybody's life a lot easier. What should the groomsmen pay for slash what have you paid for in the past? I know you said bachelor party, but what else? Um... This is a good one. Uh, yeah, bachelor party, the groups didn't pay for everything. But there was one time, and Tom might remember this because this is pretty recently in the grand scheme before COVID, where uh, we had went out to a steakhouse and we had all the... And when you go out to dinner, especially with groomsmen, like, expect to... Be drinking, expect to order, like you know, expected things for your for the groom and blah blah blah. And we, uh, no, we all ordered like we ordered like uh, some wine and steaks and this and that and whiskey and 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 there are certain people in the wedding party and one of them was was the best man who you know who tried to order conservatively to like you know lower the amount of money he was going to spend. He thought we were going to split it twelve ways, and then. When the check came, you know, we all kind of like sat there and like looked and we're all kind of looking at the best band being like, all right, like, so how are we doing this? And, and he tried to like split the check up in, in 12 different ways. And, and um, we ended up 
you know, figuring out another way to do it. But uh, that was kind of a thing. Like, if there's any, if there are any best man that listen to this, you, there's no chance in hell that you don't at least pay for one entire dinner, <laughs> you know, like one entire night out. Like, yeah. Um, and then I mean, yeah, I mean, like on the wedding day, I mean, I don't know if there's much to really pay for, like, um, but anything outside of, I'm not saying like, you know, bankroll your group and like pay for plane tickets to the bachelor party and like this and that, but like, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're going out and you know, you're celebrating your friend getting married, it's that kind of the expectation of not, well, not only the best fan, but of the groomsmen in general is to kind of figure out amongst yourselves how you're kind of going to make this like the least, you know, the, as, as non-financially impactful on the groom as possible. Um, I mean, that's just my outlook. Some people might have different outlook. I mean, if you're, some people have friends that they want to go, they want to split it evenly every time, every single way. But I mean, me personally, I feel like it's your job to kind of take your take your your friend out or family member out, you know, right before their wedding. The groom shouldn't have to worry about anything, especially going out or you know, transportation. How these things are being taken care of. All those expenses should be, you know, squared away with the groomsmen. You know, if you want to divvy it up after, that's fine. But, you know, when we're out or having a good time, that should just be the groom should not have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. What about day of, like, the suit, um, your shoes, accessories, things like that? I know um, sometimes you're able to rent tuxes depending on, like, do you what's the, what's the parameters around that? Like, are you buying a new suit? Are you getting the accessories? Are you expected to be gifted the accessories? I, I think that's typically. I mean, in my experience, totally at the discretion of the groom. Like, there are some times where I've been told, "Hey, go to go to this men's warehouse. Give them this code. They will give you, you know, exactly the specs that I picked out." I um, mean, there's another wedding that I went to where the the gift to the groomsman was a tux. That's what we wore to the wedding, um, and then there was like the the Montauk wedding that I went to, where it was kind of just like you know wearing your beach attire, basically. Mm-hmm. So I feel like uh, it's definitely you know uh, definitely depends on you know what kind of wedding it is and, and the, what the what the wedding party or the groom and the bride want to do, how strict sure. they want to be about it. I'd say half of them I paid for and half of them have, have been paid for by whether like the group's dad or, you know, somebody else. So the best man might pick that up and that might be his, you know, his gesture to the, to the group. But I would say it's like 50, 50 and whether I like I've paid or it's been picked up for me. You don't really kind of bat an eye at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Like if, if it is like a tux or it has to be like something fancier from some, store that's not men's warehouse that is pretty much like affordable or black tux or something like that yeah like you should same with bridesmaids if it's like a 500 dollars dress like the couple should be providing that if not like as a groomsman you should be prepared to pay for a couple of these things so okay so we definitely touched on some bachelor party things to note in terms of payment and things like that but what do you think is the key to a fun bachelor party Okay, this is my this might sound uh, ca- like counter to most people think, but I feel like planning is the key to any good bachelor party. I feel like a lot of bachelor parties kind of just like pick a destination, get an Airbnb or a hotel, and just be like, "All right, we're in the X city. Like, let's just go out." But like, you find that when you just go out, like you really never know what the scene's going to be like. You never really know like the people who are there. You never know. Maybe there's five other bachelor parties going. You really can't get anywhere. So I feel like 
a really good thing to note is make sure that your bachelor party is, I'm not saying plan every minute of every day, but at least have like a good idea of, of what you want to do. Because there have been a couple of bachelor parties that I've been on where we kind of wake up in the afternoon <laughs> and, you know, we're all kind of congregating, whether it's like by the pool or in the living room. And like, no one really knows what's going on. And we're kind of just like tossing out ideas, like Googling like bars close to you. And, and I think it's a little bit more fun and it kind of makes it flow a little easier if you have a, I'm not, again, I'm not saying have like a minute by minute agenda, but at least have an idea of, of the things that you want to do and the places that you want to go. And if those things don't pan out, then you can go and kind of wing it. It doesn't have to be down to the every single minute. It's just, what do you want to do as a group? You know, what does the group want to do? Go If it's going out to dinner, going to different bars, doing different activities during the day. Uh, I've a few weddings I went to. One we did at Mohegan Sun. We went paintballing during the day, uh, all the groomsmen, and then came back and then went out to dinner and then went and played, you know, gambled. It was poker, blackjack. Uh, my brother-in-law's, we did a pontoon boat uh, during the day on Saturday when we got up there for Lake George. Uh, I know when we were at Corey's as well, we did go-karting. It's just having some type of structure of different activities. And, you know, I understand things don't happen the way they plan it to be, but just kind of being able to be flexible and kind of go with the flow, just kind of have some type of structured plan going into the bachelor party. Yeah, like having like a skeleton plan. Maybe you guys could have done without someone getting a concussion on on that bachelor party with the go-karts though, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you have to elaborate. <laughs> Somebody had mentioned, oh, like a half an hour away or whatever, like 20 minutes away mm -hmm. is a, uh, the NASCAR track where there's a NASCAR race going on, but also there was a go-kart track. People can go on go-karts. And me personally, I'd never been on a go-kart, so I was kind of like very nervous. I was like, All right, I'll do it for the groom. And we were just going around and around, and I guess uh, one of the groomsmen took a turn too sharply, and he skidded sideways and then just got immediately hit by another go-karter. And that really put a whole damper on the rest of the night because he and he was uh, the groom's brother-in-law and couldn't go out or drink for the rest of the, the trip, really, because he is oh my quite severely concussed. Yes, it's go-karting, but these were speed tracks, so you were going about 30 to 40 miles per hour. Like, you had yeah. neck guards and helmets. Oh my this goodness. wasn't like one of those family fun, bring your kids and throw them in a go-kart. No, you were going yeah, pretty really quick. Yeah, like, actually pretty scary. <laughs> that does yeah. sound scary. You guys were out in Texas, and then I came out to Texas at the end of this to meet um, Tony's grandma who lives out in Texas and oh, yeah. Figs, you looked like, and that was the last time I saw you guys before COVID and Figs looked like weekend at Bernie's. He was like oh, half yeah, dead was... sunglasses on. You should have saw what I rolled up to the airport before we even left. That's yeah. remembers. Figs rolls up in like a leather jacket, black, a turtleneck. black turtleneck, a turtleneck, like a chain too. No, Ready I never changed on. I thought you did. <laughs> I remember I that watch, picture. I had the watch on, and I had a turtleneck and a letter jacket. I was like, I thought you were a movie star. <laughs> like, like, no, so it's just that, well, because like I forgot, like I forgot that February in Texas is still sixty-five. So right. I, and then I had to go into the airport bathroom and change. Shows <laughs> <laughs> up like, in Tony and sweats. Team. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I'm such a such a diva. <laughs> I appreciate the style, though. I'm into it. <laughs>
it was great. I thought it looked great. <laughs> uh, you're flying first class. You're in the back of the plane. You never know who you're, you you're going to meet. We're going to meet the one. I mean, with the airport. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we talked about paying for dinners for the groom, really making sure that he's not um, picking up things like that. Is there anything else that you guys feel like you should be responsible for for the bachelor party? Is there anything maybe adding to that that the groom should be responsible for in the bachelor party? I, apl- I apply like first date rule. It's like if they offer twice to, to split it, then let them split it. But if you know what I mean, like if you more often than not, you should just say, listen, I got this. Don't worry about it. Um, and like if you're staying in an Airbnb or something like that, like not a hotel, then the groomsmen should definitely be paying for like grocery supplies, like coffee for the morning, eggs or whatever you guys eat, you know, bre- like breakfast items. Um Maybe even some dinner stuff if you guys aren't going to dinner every night. Like just grab stuff you can just make when you're just sitting around drinking. Taking on as a single groomsman if there's two. Even just the groom helping out the groomsman plan. It's, it just makes everything easier. And I really don't think the groom should have to worry about that all on themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like chime in um, if your opinion is asked for. But then otherwise it's like, anything for the groom, you know, like you're not going to like make anything more difficult. And speaking of food, as Fig said, like one of my favorite, whether it's a bachelor or bachelorette party, like my favorite thing that I've seen on uh, bachelorette parties that I've attended is doing a grocery order ahead of time. So you don't get there and have to go to the grocery store or get there. And there's absolutely no food in the house. So like having stuff ready, no matter what group it is, I think is important because people will get hungry. It's not the worst thing in the world to kind of have that that uh, contingency plan laid for, for Yeah, and it's even like scheduling a seamless order for the next morning of breakfast wraps. You know, like imagine yeah, getting up hungover and being like, oh my God, the breakfast wraps are at the door. This is amazing. Yeah. You don't even have to think about it. If you're going to go to any major city for your bachelor party, make sure that your Airbnb is at, is at most... 10 minutes away from that city, not 45 minutes away from that city. Yeah, because Ubers add up too. You think that you're going to be saving money by being further out, right? But at the end of the day, by the time you add in all your Uber costs and everything, it's probably going to be the same as being closer. So just save yourself the hassle. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, So I know Mia has one more question. This is my last question for you guys. What would you consider the responsibilities the morning of the wedding? So I know you were kind of alluding, you know, bridesmaids obviously have a lot more responsibilities and a a stricter schedule. What would you say are the groomsmen's responsibilities uh, morning of? Your main responsibility, honestly, is being on time to everything that you're supposed to be on time. You know, all the bachelor party, the prepping that the bride and groom have done, now it's game time. Like, you want to show up, like Fig said, early, be ready to go, make sure the groom's ready to go. Take an Advil, drink a bottle of water, and go get it done so that your friend or your family member could have, like, the most seamless and most enjoyable wedding they could possibly have and don't be that guy that holds it up. Yeah, being careful at rehearsal dinner drinks to cut yourself off at some point so you don't yeah. ruin a tens of thousands dollar day, you know, like there, and there's, as you said, there's photographer time constraints. There's this, there's that, like getting every wedding runs a couple minutes late, but starting like having things run late at early is like, it's only going to pick up steam of how late you're going to be, you know? So that just means less time on the dance floor and less time at the bar at the reception. So like help, help yourself, help the party at the end yeah. of the night. So 
Okay, so our final question is one, and particularly for figs, but Tom, this actually like alludes to like some things coming up in your life. So maybe this will be helpful for you too. So figs, I know you've made speeches at weddings. And then like, any particular rules, stay on script, write it ahead of time, wing it. Like um, you did a great job when I saw you speak, but I want to hear like your thoughts on it. It really, really depends on how comfortable you are as a public speaker. You know, like I do stand-up comedy, so the limelight, <laughs> so to speak, doesn't really affect me. Um, but there are other considerations, like you know, if I could get into a little candid, like you know, I so you saw me speak at the at the wedding in Montauk, and um, that was my best friend, you know, and I had so much to draw on emotionally there that I really didn't need to write anything down. Like I just kind of grabbed the mic and just kind of spoke and, 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 and I knew it was going to be good. Like as, 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 <laughs> as uh, conceited as that sounds, I was like, you know what? Like, but really, because you, you got to understand, like, as a, you're going to speak at a wedding, in my opinion, you really, there might be a hundred, 200, 300, however many people are going to be there, but it's, you're really speaking to, the groom and the bride. So, you know, you want to say what you want to say to them and you kind of regardless of, of, of what people are going to think. Um, and I've done that a couple of times. Like I, 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 in my opinion, so I've been lucky in that a lot of the, I've made speeches and I've always been the best man in those speeches. And I've always kind of found a way to, to, uh, speak to the groom and the bride and, and, and the friendship and, and how I feel. But um, if I had to give people advice, if you're not comfortable with public speaking or being like openly emotional, then I would write down and rehearse anything you're going to say so that you don't like, I have a good, a good example is I have, you know, coming up in October, uh, I have like my other, my other, my home best friend is getting married and I'm going to have to make a speech and just knowing his family and his bride's family, that's going to have to be written down and rehearsed a hundred times. You know, I, there are going to be certain jokes that I want to make, but can't make and, and, and that kind of stuff. But you know, it's really all about knowing who you're going to be speaking in front of and what, you know, anecdotes and what jokes and what digs are going to be, are going to be acceptable because you all know, you know, groom's been, you know, best man speeches always have a certain element of, you know, you're cracking jokes, you're making fun, but you also have to consider who else is going to hear this. Yeah. Great point. It's knowing your audience, you know, like if something yeah. is a little too raunchy or something like save it for the bachelor party. If it's yeah. like, I know that like but, bathroom but, humor is like my number one rule. Like, do oh, yeah, not include not, it in a speech. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it at weddings, so it's not of course, unfortunately. But you, oh, know, wow. you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's also, I think it's exactly what you said. If someone's nervous, if someone's drunk, talking off the top of your head, like, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, like, yeah. I value, like, speech writing and, like, writing things down or, like, even having, like, which anecdotes I'm going to pull from memory. Because if I got up there and wanted to pull something, my mind is either going to be blank or it's going to go to the one thing that I'm not going to be allowed to talk about or, like, something. Yeah. You know, I've seen speeches where 
people only talk about like the bride's ex-boyfriends, you know, and it can be really awkward. But then I've also seen speeches where they talk about the bride's ex-boyfriends and it's so funny and everyone's laughing. So like, you know, even if you're going to like do something like that, there's a certain way to do it and there's a certain way like not to do it. So yeah, it's trusting yourself to go off the script or not. A wedding that I'm about to speak at is I know for a fact that there are jokes that I want to make that I won't be able to make in front of a bunch of people. So I have to talk to him about that and say, hey, like, I mean, I'm not above showing him my speech and saying, hey, you want to read it over? Let me know what you think. Um, if there's any changes that you'd like to make or things that I'm saying that you don't want me to say, I'll take them out. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I learned so much. Yeah, same. Thank you so much, guys. This is an awesome perspective. I think, like Mia said, we know one side of it. So it was great to have this added layer. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Thank you for having us. Yeah, this was so great. So pour yourselves another bourbon. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. And we'll have to um, snap some pictures of you guys in action as groomsmen soon. So (laughs) awesome. Well, thank you so much for all of the advice that you provided. And um, if we have more groomsmen questions after this episode, we'll, we'll point people both of your ways. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. you Oh, my gosh. That was so awesome. I loved having them on. I know. It was fun. Just the two of us to keep our... Here we are again, right? This is always going to be the song. I know. Just put a little clip of the song in. We should. We should. We should do that. I know. It's fun. It's just... It's exactly like I said. Like, you just... We know what it's like to be on the other side of things and the wedding planning side, but, like, grooms and groomsmen it can be this like gray area and so i'd really love to help our our brides out who have grooms to like help figure out that half of the wedding party totally absolutely all right so what's going on with mary okay so an exciting update we had a really good past couple days because we got to kick off replanning someone who we started planning with last spring, right as COVID was hitting. And it just felt so good to talk through. And even though a bunch has changed, plants have pivoted, I am just so excited for them. I kept stopping her and saying this on the phone call with the bride because it just felt like, yes, like this is happening and you guys are getting your day. And they they had gotten married last year. This, that was the Zoom wedding that I talked about, the first one I went right. to. And I just feel it's like all the COVID um, precautions we're taking, everything, it's, it, it is perfect case scenario for for what they want too. So I am just like over the moon. I think I, I told her, I was like, I think I am equally excited for my own wedding as I am for yours. So I was just going to say, it has to feel good to like having that conversation and being in that process, both, you know, as a planner, but also as a bride, you know, just getting excited for, for everything. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And they, they're good friends. So we have one of our coordinators, um, one of our associates um, who will actually be doing the coordinating. So this is also like the first wedding that I'm getting to be a guest at since, I mean, I don't remember the last time I was actually a wedding guest. Wow. Okay. I cannot wait. I'm like, I I need to figure out an outfit. I have something to look forward to now. (laughs) Good for you. Right? Good for you. Is your next wedding mine? It is. 
so exciting. I know. I got to start thinking of my outfit. Oh, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my aunt to be over the weekend and she's, and I said, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you to meet Sam because she's a loyal podcast listener. And she said, oh, I'm like, obviously I have no idea what she looks like. I know her voice, but I just feel like she's going to be like the best dressed one at your wedding. And that's how I'll find her. And I said, oh yeah, a hundred percent. She will be. Pressure. <laughs> Pressure's on. Aunt Erin is going to be watching out for you. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Get Mary, all about the groomsmen. Please rate us in the podcast app. Let us know what you want to hear about next and follow us on social media. Thanks so much for getting married with us. Have a good one. Bye.